Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you like to watch your podcast, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. While you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. A little side note here for you musicians and artists out there. If you like the beats you hear on the show and need some inspiration or would like to get a hold of one of these beats, make sure to hit up our good friend Ace Ha at Ace Ha Beats on YouTube and at Ace Ha Beats on SoundCloud. Raised on the Radio has a brand new promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. In today's world, it is tough to navigate through the craziness that is the supplement industry. It's also easy to get caught up in the crazy labels and promotion instead of really knowing the ingredients in the products and the quality of the product. With True Nutrition, whatever you're looking for to satisfy your health and wellness needs, they have you covered. They even have a whole section of their site that is dedicated to vegan, paleo, keto, and dairy-free products. Just go to the newly revamped truenutrition.com, look at all of the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in ROTR in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. You won't regret it and you'll never have to question the quality of your supplements again. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out their email or on the social medias. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to raisedontheradiostl.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt Brocado, Patrick Blair in Zoomland as usual. I am back. I was gone last week. Uh, just had shit going on, so Patrick ran solo. Good episode, by the way. It was actually one of the episodes where I actually listened to it after you did it on your own. <laughs> what a friend. I know. What a friend I, and what a co-host. Yeah, I, I'm that, that's me. That's I'm that guy. But uh, I have a question for you. I've seen on social media... Uh, I don't think you've posted about okay. it necessarily, but I've seen it a lot, and I have no idea what this is. Love is blind. Is this a? Is oh, this like man. one of those bachelorette Dude. shows? Is that what this kind of is, or what? I don't. Well, I don't know because I've never watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I know what they are. Never seen it. Same, I'm going to say I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Okay. Now I, however, have watched Love is Blind recently on purpose, as you know. Well, I'm being a good husband. How about that? How about that? Okay. Well, you know, as you know, we just had a baby. So I'm kind of, you know, during prime time, baby time, I'm letting my wife get control of the remote if I'm in the same room with her. Okay. She has become attached to this show. It's gross, obviously. But um, so okay, here's the thing. You say this is gross, but apparently this is like everyone's into this, right? 
And the reason why I say this is because like, didn't the storm not like a couple like last week knock the show out and everybody was up in arms about it? Well, I don't know if it was a storm. I know they Netflix had so okay. We'll get to that. We'll, okay, we'll get to that. Is, is that what you've seen on social media? Uh, that's part of it, and just people, okay, talk, okay, yeah, okay, people okay. talking about it, but not enough that I was interested enough to really pay attention to what they're saying. Okay, so <laughs> she never watched. <laughs> she it's it was on season four. This this thing that everybody's complaining about on social media It was season four. It was the reunion show. That Netflix wanted to stream live. Now, you, as you know, Netflix doesn't do anything live. Yeah, sure. They don't do okay. live streaming. Yeah. So they wanted to do this because the show is that popular and it's getting that many views. So my wife never watched the show up until season four. She started watching season four and she got attached to it. Now, as you know, I kind of come in halfway through and I'm, you know, just going, oh God, like I'm keeping my thoughts to myself. But then eventually I can no longer keep my thoughts to myself. And then I actually start watching because I'm in the room. I'm not falling asleep. I'll just watch. And they could not have found. They, let me say this. They found the group of dumbest, of the dumbest, most illogical, unethical, immoral, disgusting pigs than they did for the show in the season that I've watched. Okay. Everyone is a terrible human being. Terrible, terrible, terrible. So here's what the show is. The idea is that you go to this house, group of guys, group of gals go to this house, right? They go on dates with each other, but they don't see each other. They go on what is what are called pods. So it's a room. One, the the girls in one room, the guys in the other room, and they just talk. They just get to know each other without seeing each other. Now, now you would go, well, that's like a blind date show. Those have been popular since, I don't know, the 1980s. Hold on now, Colt. Here's the kicker. The idea is that by the end of the time they have going on dates, someone is supposed to propose to someone to marry them. Okay. After just a few short weeks of speaking to each other on opposite sides of a wall and not seeing each other. Hence the title, Love is Blind. Okay. You with me so far? Uh, unfortunately, yes. So here's the idea. The Eventually the guy, it's typically the guys. I think I saw one where the girl may have brought it up first. But anyway, so the guys are like, and, and here's the gross, the gross thing number one is like the guy's like, well, I got like the top three. And then he, he, he te they'll tell these girls like, well, you're in my top three. And these girls are all excited. Like, yeah, I'm in his top three. I wonder if he'll propose to me. So <clears throat> once the guy proposes, they then meet face to face for the first time after they've proposed and the girl has said, yes, they come face to face. And you could tell some of the girls and then some of the guys are like, oh, fuck, <laughs> what did I just do? <laughs> right. Okay. So then, after everyone's found their partner, their soon-to-be husband or wife, they all go on a luxurious honeymoon together. Now, when I say together, all of the couples go to the same place and honeymoon at the same place with the intent that we're going to put them all eventually, we're going to liquor them all up eventually, put them all in the same room together and have them see the person that they did not pick, they did not pick but perhaps should have picked. So it just creates this gross 
like I said, immoral, gross thing where the, the you know one of the guys is like, oh, I made a huge mistake. She's hotter, or I made a huge mistake. She's got a fat ass, or I made a huge mistake. I'm not connecting with this girl I'm I'm here with. Maybe I should have proposed to her. And the whole time I'm going, hey, maybe you shouldn't have proposed to anyone. Maybe you should live in the real world for five seconds and figure out your own shit. Maybe. Okay. So, <clears throat> so I've always been curious about these shows. Like, does somebody have to get married? Like, is that a requirement of the show? Like, somebody has to propose to another person? Like, what are the chances that... Oh, man. You, you, You're one, such a smart guy. One so let me pers- just go ahead and stop well, you right that there. One person in a, a house full of other people... Like that you're supposed to marry that one person and like stay together. Well, look at you using your brain and using logic. <laughs> now, <clears throat> they go on this honeymoon. They then go back to, and I'm using serious air quotes here, the real world to start living together. And then they have four weeks until their their wedding, their wedding day. Now, so it's they go on, not a, they go on a honeymoon like, before their wedding? Yes, sir. This so, is now it's not so, idiotic. it is my brain my brain goes into atrophy every time it's on like i just can't so like the the idea it's not a normal wedding okay so the idea is that both of them are still unsure leading up to the wedding day going into the wedding day whether they actually want to do it so you actually do have some folks going i don't they don't say i do they say i don't right okay so the season that I had, I was able to see there was there was this one couple dude. I, this is the whole reason I wanted to talk about this for the show. There is this one couple dude. You could tell that the girl immediately when she saw the guy was like, "Oh God!" Like, but eventually she warmed up to the guy and then sort of, I guess, for the sake of the show, became physically attracted to him. But you could tell the look of horror on her face when she saw the dude. She was like. God, your voice and your personality does not match the way you look. But so they go on this this honeymoon and they start they get along. They don't get along. They fight more than any other couple on the show. But she basically tells him to his face, like, you're not really good in bed. Like, I don't like having sex with you. And then the guy, instead of being like, let me go ahead and leave. He just continues to try to just sweep her off her feet and prove that he is the guy that she thinks he was when she couldn't see his ghoulish face, right? Yeah. So like, and I, I, he, he's not a ghoul, but he, the girl was way better looking. Let me just say that. So how so how so much like, how much of the show is scripted? Do you think it's got to be most of it? But but so this couple, this is like so again, they fight like this. She tells him things like this, and he continues to just push and push and push. Then he tells her, "My family doesn't want to meet you." They think the idea of the show is ridiculous. They don't want to meet you. They don't believe in any of this. So it causes another fight to which they both go, yeah, this isn't going to work. Let's not get married. Fast forward to the bachelor party. So now, okay, I guess they're still together. All the guys go on a bachelor party together, and then all the girls go on a bachelorette party together. Totally unnatural, by the way. I've only known these people for a couple of weeks, but let me go ahead and bro down with them. But the dudes, the dudes get to invite some of their actual friends, right? So this guy that I'm talking about is a part of this terrible couple, terrible, terrible couple. His friend comes up to him and he's like, you know, how did you know? How did you know she was the one? He's like asking his friend questions and he goes, man, I just got to tell you, like, dude, at first it was rocky because we just didn't see eye to eye. But now, like, dude, 
things are just clicking. Like she made me breakfast the other day. And then like after that, she asked me what I wanted for dinner. And I'm watching the dude, my assholes puckering up. <laughs> I'm cringing so hard as I'm watching this. And I'm just like, dude, I hope this guy gets told no on the day of the wedding. Total kick in my ass. He said no. He oh. walked away from this girl. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're captivated, aren't you? You no, want to watch the show now. I don't. <laughs> dude, it's a shit show. Yeah. Anyway. So what happened is, is what you're seeing on social media. Dude, it's so funny. Though. Like, dude, she makes me breakfast. Like, this is what I mean. If they can find the dumbest people on earth, she, she asked me what I wanted for dinner. No shit. Really? Whoa. You found a great person. Yeah. After she just so, like, told you that she hates sleeping with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what was supposed to happen was this live reunion of season four live streaming on Netflix and it never worked. Netflix had technical difficulties and there were just oh, millions see. upon millions of people. And I'm just wondering like how many women were just that got so attached to the show or just sitting there staring at a blank Netflix error with the wheel spinning for hours. Just hoping. Like, they, just they couldn't turn it off because they didn't want to miss <laughs> one second. <laughs> like like my, I was like, again, being a good sport, my wife wanted to watch it. And I was like, okay. And she hit it. Wouldn't work. Five minutes later, we go back to it. And she finally gave up. And I was like, uh, what are you going to do if it turns on? She's like, I'll just, I'm like, okay, you're, you're one of the good ones. You're not going to be one of the ones staring at a spinning wheel. Like, yeah, dude, it, it it's, it's, and you don't, it's not like this is the first reality show to really test the waters of being gross. Right. Yeah. Did you ever see, uh, there was a show. I only saw like five minutes of it one time and I just couldn't believe it was a real thing. It was called bad girls club. I've never heard of that. They basically life. find the biggest monsters on earth and throw them all in a house together and just get them booze the fuck up. And all they do is fight. Like it's literally just broken glass and high heels flying around the entire time. It is reality TV is just, can you, can you like think about where we came from? Like how far we've come with reality TV. Yeah. Like starting with like cops and the real world to where we are now. Like love is blind. Go watch it. So, uh, okay, you have you have Hulu, right? I do. Okay, so, um, okay, as far as Netflix goes, does Netflix are they doing the whole like sh like putting out an episode a week thing also, or is that just like Hulu now? Or no, maybe it's not Hulu. Well, maybe it's Apple TV. Apple TV. Apple doing TV it. does it. Yes. Um, I just kind of can I, you watch Dave? Can you you can't watch Dave on any other. Uh, cause if you don't have FX, you can get FX through Hulu. Like I just watched the latest episode of Dave. So they do it episode by episode, but that's because it's FX, but I don't, I don't, Okay. I guess I could have watched it live yesterday, but I, anyway, you get what I'm saying. I just, I, I, I just think it's kind of weird that we're, we're like coming full circle back to what cable does. Because like that was what streaming yeah. was, right? It was like all for the binging. Like you get all the, right. you get a season at a time or you get all the seasons at one time where you can binge all through it. And now we're getting to like where we're back to one show a week. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of like it a little bit. Like, And the reason why I say that is because I've got, uh, I'm watching Ted Lasso, the new season of that. Yeah. And it's like, I'm actually excited to, for Wednesday night to watch an episode of this. I think that'll yeah. go away <laughs> because I, I would have been just as excited if like the whole season came out, but then again, I'd probably be through it already. So how do you feel about the new season? Um, ugh. 
I haven't watched the latest episode, so. I'm not as big of a fan of it because it's more about drama than it is about like actual soccer. If that makes sense. I think the entire show is about that, but yeah. I mean, I mean, it it is, but they pushed a lot farther away from the core of the show. I think this season. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to tend to agree. I'm kind of getting to the point where I maybe don't care. I'll still watch it, but I don't like, I don't need to see it. I don't need to see the newest episode right away. I always forget. Honestly, I go, Oh yeah, there's a new Ted Lasso. Let me go ahead. It's okay. Yeah. I think it's always been okay to me. There are some, like, in my opinion, shining stars of the show. Like you said, Coach Beard and yeah, like Roy Kent is awesome. Uh, Danny is awesome. The long-haired yeah. dude. The, yeah. Yeah. He's hilarious. But, you know, it's okay. What's the other show? What's the other show that I'm watching? Oh, did you, did you, uh, no, I'm sorry, not watching, watch. Did you watch Blackbird on Apple TV yet? No, I haven't had a chance to. Fuck, it's so good. It's my favorite show since Ozark. Wow. Easily. It's really good. I'll give you the quick rundown of what it is. So essentially you have a guy. First off, I need to know how did, did you just come across it randomly or did you see it on social media or something or why? No, we were. On Apple TV, we watched Ted Lasso, and then we were just kind of like looking like, God, look at all this stuff that we've never heard of. I dude, never. I can't I can't do that. <clears throat> there there's so much crap out there. <laughs> there's so like, like the show with Hulu Harrison and Ford Netflix and Jason and, Siegel. I had no idea that existed. Oh yeah. I I, um, I watched like three or four episodes of that. It, it's okay. So we watched the started watching the show with Paul Rudd and Will Farrell. And I was annoyed after the first episode and then my wife got into like four, I think. And she was like, I can't, I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, what? She's like, it's just annoying. Really? Like it's an annoying story. So essentially, let me tell you about Blackbird first. So Blackbird, it takes place. um, You got a guy who is a cocaine dealer in the, in Chicago in the eighties, like late eighties. Right. And he gets arrested uh, gets convicted, goes to prison. Well, the FBI goes to him in prison and says, we will essentially reduce your sentence to zero. If you can help us, we're going to send you to a different prison and we need to get you a confession from a guy who has been serial raping and murdering girls. So essentially, we're going to take you, pull you from this prison. We're going to send you this other one. We need you to make friends with this guy and get the locations of the potential bodies that we think there are so that we can keep him there. Cause he was up for, um, up for appeal. And they thought that he was going to, the serial killer mm-hmm. was up for appeal and they thought he was going to get out of prison. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the whole reason they chose this dude who was the Coke dealer is cause he's charismatic. He's like good looking, like everybody just loves him. Like, and you honestly kind of felt like when he got arrested, you're like, I kind of feel bad. Like he seems like a really good dude, <laughs> despite the fact that he's Coke dealer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was just one of, it was one of those like characters. Yeah. But you kind of get, they build that part of him as the show kind of progresses. Like they kind of push him to be in the beginning, like this kind of arrogant sort of like hotshot. I can get, do whatever I want, whenever I want kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And as the show goes, you start to learn like this guy's actually a good guy. He just went down a path to get rich. I, I mean, I, I you know, right. 
so that's the whole the whole plot line there is they want to send him to this prison and if he gets the confession that they need or the locations that they need they're just set him free but uh the dude the main character is the dude that i didn't even know i mean you wouldn't even know by watching this but uh did you watch the elton john movie a little bit oh you did so it's the dude that played elton john okay this is the main character main dude and he gets he's all, like, I wouldn't even know because he's all jacked in this show. I'm like, it doesn't even look like the dude who would play out. Like, I wouldn't even have uh, Ray Liotta's in it. Ray Liotta's awesome. And so the dude, the serial killer, is Keith from uh, what's the MMA show you like and I hate? Um, oh, uh, damn it. Ke- uh, Kingdom? Kingdom. Yeah. You know, I remember the character Keith? That live oh, with yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the serial killer in this show. I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see it, that. <laughs> it's, he's good. He's yeah. good. Yeah. Now, you could see it because, you know, like, that guy's creepy and everything he yeah. does. Well, super creepy in this. <laughs> so, yeah, watch it. It's really good. But, yeah, the Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd show, you know, again, Apple TV has all this stuff. I'm like, I, how have I, like, I don't spend majority of my time like seeking out new shows or sitting on social media and waiting for people to tweet or Facebook about these things. But I, I, there were so many where I'm like, I look at my wife, I'm like, have you heard of this? She's like, no, I have no idea what this is. So we're thinking Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell kind of sounds like a win-win man. It was tough. It was just tough all around. Essentially Will Ferrell plays a guy who's just like, takes over the family business and he's just lacking confidence. He just like lets everyone walk all over him. Paul Rudd is a shrink who he goes to see. And Paul Rudd starts like challenging him to kind of just do things that he normally wouldn't do. And he kind of just starts manipulating him and taking advantage of him. I didn't even get that far into the show. My wife did. And she was like, yeah, eventually I'm just like, this just makes me feel weird. Like, yeah, I get it. That's the way I feel watching love is blind. Yeah, well, that, that, that that's kind of where weird. that the show you were talking about, uh, shrinking with, uh, um, Jason yeah, looked... Jason Segal. I I don't know it it gets pretty pretty deep pretty fast. I'm sure. And, yeah, I kind of I kind of pushed away from it. But I, I have something that bothers me about that. All I did was watch. We just watched the trailer for that. Uh-huh. Can you think of just think think back of all the things that Jason Segel has been in? How many times have you seen in a trailer for one of his movies or anything like that, him on a bike running into a car? Is that common? I think I can go to two hands on the amount of times that I've seen that. Really? And when I saw it in this trailer, I go, I don't want to watch this. (laughs) I don't, I don't want to watch typical Jason Siegel in a, in a show like this. I don't care. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe eventually I will. Oh, I'm so glad we talked about shows and movies. So have you seen 48 Hours? It's Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte. It's from the 80s. Uh, Classic 80s I don't think so. We were talking about Blackbird and convicts and jail and stuff, and it's what made me think of this. But I... So essentially, Eddie Murphy's a con. Nick Nolte's a cop. Nick Nolte uses Eddie Murphy to catch these two guys who are... You know, it, it kind of the same plot line as I just discussed. Like, Eddie Murphy's a convict, but he's going to help Nick Nolte, the cop, get information to solve a crime. So, like, and it's early, early Eddie Murphy, too. Like, he's super young in it. But um, 
I hadn't seen it in so long, but I, it was on the other day and I put it on. It was probably about a quarter of the way through and dude, the level of the racist shit that came out of Nick Nolte's mouth directed at Eddie Murphy. I was fucking like, Oh my God. Like how well, you I, think about it now and you're like, how yeah. did we do this? How did we do this? Yeah. Dude. The amount of times the N word is thrown around, like that you can imagine. But dude, he some of the other things that he called him, I'm just like, whoa. Use your imagination. I don't want to say yeah. him on the podcast, but use yeah. your imagination. Yeah, I was just like, holy shit, we got away with this in a lot of movies. Yeah, like oh, yeah. a lot of movies and a lot of shows. Yeah, uh, which yeah, I'm, which I'm like, kind of oh I'm, my god, I forgot how racist this was. I'm kind of surprised that they even put shows like that. I mean, I know they don't want to erase the shows or the movies and stuff, but, you know, still in the age we live in now, the fact that regardless of if it was, you know, 40 years ago, it's still, I I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's, I was like, man, I forgot. And, And, you know, as a kid, I'm watching this as a kid, you know, not even thinking like I have a bad feeling about it. Right. But I'm not even thinking about. When I'm older, is this going to be okay? Like, I don't even, you don't think that way. Yeah. Right. But it's so funny. Like, there's a scene in the movie where uh, Nick Nolte kind of like (laughs) essentially apologizes to Eddie Murphy for being a a fucking racist piece of shit. But he goes, you know, it's all Nick Nolte's got that deep gargly voice, you know, and he's like, it's all about uh, just trying to do my job. And, you know, sometimes I get caught up and Eddie Murphy's like, yeah, but I guess your job, he says something like, I guess your job isn't that important or something. And then Nick Nolte's like, you know, uh, you might be right. And then Eddie Murphy just out of nowhere does that laugh. He does that. You know, that laugh he does. (laughs) I'm like, what just happened? Like you just missed the racism that quickly. Come on, Eddie Murphy. (laughs) I don't know. I couldn't, you got to go back. Where's another, another old movie like that. That was on recently. And I remember going, Oh, uh, nah, I lost it. I thought I would remember it by bringing up 48 hours. But anyway. That w- that was just the time, though. I mean, it, and it was more, I don't know, it was normal, I guess. Like, it, it was it was yeah. more normal for racism, racism to be a thing. I mean, not not that it's not here still, but, I mean, it's, I don't know, it was, it was much, much worse back there, but much more, back then, but much more accepted. Oh, I think. here's the movie. Holy shit. Have you seen the movie The Toy? With Richard Pryor. <laughs> a long time ago, yeah, but it's also Richard Dude. Pryor, so what do you expect? Dude. Yeah. The shit that happened in that movie. Yeah. For those that don't know, The Toy essentially is a movie where Richard Pryor gets hired by a, a rich, by a wealthy white man to be essentially his young son's living plaything. His toy. And he can do whatever he wants with them. Also, be as racist as he wants to them. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in the house. Yeah. Dude, that movie is crazy. Um, speaking of crazy in the times, how many Bud Lights have you crushed all, since the last time? All of uh, them. All of them. You've, all you've of crushed them. all the Bud Lights? Now you've crushed them like you've thrown them on the ground in disgust or you've actually drank them? Uh, neither. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Bud Light's terrible. <laughs> 
Yeah, Bud Light. It really is a shit beer. Bud Light is awful. Do you know what I've been drinking a lot of lately? And I don't even know if you like this beer or not. Do you like Yingling? Uh, I don't really like it that much. It's okay. Oh, really? It's okay. Well, they're just... I don't go as crazy about it as people from this state do because you do, you know, remember when people go out of state to get it and be like, I'll bring it back cases of Yingling. I'm like, it's not that great, but okay. Enjoy. <laughs> I was always the type to like, if I went to a state that had it, I would definitely make it a priority to get some. But I wasn't yeah, okay. like loading my car up with it. But now that they're distributing to Missouri, I'm pretty, pretty pumped about it. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about Bud Light's uh, Anheuser Busch's stock going down and all that? I think they'll rebound. Um, of course they will. That's how the stock market works. Yeah. You, so you. <laughs> but it, it. I don't know. I. Well, you know. Well, here's the thing. With a company that large that's worth so much money, that makes so much money, mm-hmm. you know that they're going to do things to just to to revitalize the stock and revitalize the their their presence in the marketplace, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, I said, when you sent me that text explaining that, which, by the way, I didn't th- think twice about it because when you are a company that large worth that much money if you are on the negative turn of the news cycle your stock does go down your stock can potentially take a dip but it'll it'll go back up but what i was thinking was is like all i gotta do is just put out a commercial with fucking peyton manning in it or something and everything will be fine right but instead and everybody's it, still bent out will... of shape about them here but here's the thing here's the thing that i'm like and i'm sorry to cut you off no, you're good. but when we talk when we talked about this the one thing I didn't say that I wanted to say, but we got so caught up in the conversation that I forgot. The one thing that people aren't thinking about is like they're hung up on the idea that Bud Light put a trans person on a can, right? Wasn't even a marketing campaign, by the way. It's yeah. not like there's this large push where you can go into a 7-Eleven right now, buy a case of Bud Light, and Dylan Mulvaney's going to be on the can. It was just for that person, yeah. right? Yeah. Because they knew that that person's an influencer, and they would sh- essentially share the idea with their with their collective group of fans and followers and whatever else, and then perhaps well, I would get a little crossover love from the people who support this trans influencer. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, do I think everybody was sitting in the boardroom with? computers out taking notes on this and weighing the pros and cons and really thinking hard about this. No. I mean they ha- I mean their marketing team had to know that backlash was going to be coming, right? Do you think that they did Here's what do I you think. think they didn't judge it right? What I think they didn't judge right is they select is that they selected a silly goose to be on a can <laughs> a silly goose. that would then talk about it. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. Not trans, forget about trans gay, straight, white, black. Again, like I said on the last episode, they selected kind of a dummy to be on the can. Yeah. It just so happens that that dummy is trans. And that, of course, is going to ruffle the feathers of some of the stockholders. Yeah. Naturally. But, like, nobody talked about that. But I said, like, just put fucking Peyton Manning, Peyton and Eli Manning in a commercial. Your stock's going to be up before you know it. But that, but they did do a commercial, but what, which yeah, I want to play for you. But what I was going to say was, you know, I, I understand if the money's right, anybody will do it probably. But do you, if you're an athlete or something, do you want to be the next person that no matter what the money is, do you want to be the next person that Bud Light is 
sponsoring or putting out there in a commercial or something like that? Because are you actually fixing the news cycle in that in that instance or no? Or, or, well, my or, rebuttal or, to that was going to be, do you want to get paid? Okay. But you said regardless of the amount of money. But then you're also going to be criticized by all the people who are hating on the, uh, you know, on this whole situation. You're going to be criticized because you are doing a commercial for Bud Light, who also supports this. No, you're not. Not if you're already a national sports hero. Why would you get criticized? Like, if, uh, You will. There, It's definitely there. You know that. If Pat Mahomes did a Bud Light commercial tomorrow, do you think he's going to be criticized? Probably. Not by, by, not by everyone, by the same people who are criticizing Bud Light right now. You don't think he would turn some people? He might. Well, let me, let me, here, but here's, here's my point. So those same people who are criticizing him, are they going to stop going to games at Arrowhead? Because you know what you're going to find everywhere at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City? Bud Light. Fucking Bud Light ads. Yeah. Bud Light signs. Yeah. Bud Light taps. Yeah. Bud Light this, Bud Light that. Yeah. So do you really care that much? No, right. you don't. It's like I said about Kid Rock. Are you going to stop serving Anheuser-Busch products at your fucking restaurants and doubtful? Which I haven't seen. I, obviously, if that if yeah, he had actually done that, we, we would know that. Right? Yeah, we we had talked about that, but I haven't seen that being an, a news article or anything like that. Um, but you know, we're that, that's that's kind of the weird thing too, and I don't think we talked about that last time. But like, that's not just Bud Light. I mean, that is Anheuser in general. Now I know right. that in Kid Rock's. Um, in his video that he made, he said, fuck Anheuser-Busch and fuck Bud Light. I get it. But shouldn't people be mad at all of Anheuser products versus just Bud Light? Yeah. Like, like, are, like, are, like are they validating that, I, well, I'm drinking Budweiser, I'm not drinking Bud Light? Yeah. Like, it's the yeah, same company. These dummies, <laughs> yeah, somehow these dummies are like, Bud Light's a separate company of Anheuser. Like, no, they're not. <laughs> It's a type of product they have. It yeah. all comes from the same place. Right. Well, speaking of those, I want to get to the commercial because like I said, yeah. all Bud Light had to do was kind of revitalize the brand by putting in some sort of someone who's, you know, the polar opposite. Now, but again, not being negative about it, but the polar opposite of the person who's everyone, everyone is upset about. But did you see that the, uh, you know, your country better than I do, Brantley Gilbert, is that his name? Yeah. I seen a... a a headline for this um, and that there's quite a bit of irony that goes along with this, but uh, yeah, he crushed a Bud Light can while he was covering a queen song. You yeah. big dumb oaf. You big dumb pig. Like what? This is what I'm saying. Like first, qu first question. Why is Brantley Gilbert covering a queen song? Because queen's awesome. And if you want to get people into your shows, you cover queen. I'm not saying I'm not I'm Gilbert's... not saying I'm not diminishing on or I'm not downplaying Queen. I'm saying Brantley Gilbert probably shouldn't attempt to cover a Queen. Song. I don't know. What does he what does he sound like? I I don't know. I'm just assuming. Yeah, you do. I really don't. I couldn't tell you one song that he sings. Has he has the video he... shared on TikTok finds Gilbert with the beer can already in his hand? And his band plays a hard-edged version of Another One Bites the Dust. Gilbert says, yeah, fuck that, and throws the can to the ground. After that, Gilbert is tossed another beer in a silver can. He throws it to his drummer and urges him to shotgun it. 
So was he saying, yeah, oh, here's the video. Should we watch the video? Do we really want to see this? Yeah, let's yeah, watch Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah, let's watch it. Hold on. This fucking God. Also, when did country artists start looking like this guy? That's what I want to know. Of course. What do you mean? Because he's all tattooed up and cut off shirt and all that? Yeah, like what happened? There's, I think there's a few guys out there like that. I think. Of course there is. All right, here we go. You ready? Someone threw a brand. Oh, someone threw it to him. Ah, the plot thickens. Do you think that was somebody planted in the crowd? <laughs> yeah, this is fucking tour manager. <laughs> We're gonna get so many views on TikTok. You ready? Here it comes a BL right at your face. By the way, what a good song. And I'm really upset that his band is just butchering it right now. Anyway. I, I don't like anything about this guy. Not a fan. Oh, man. What a rebel. So, like, yeah, fuck that what? So, if you drink that, people are going to... Post this video and people are going to say, oh, he supports trans now. Okay. Whoever posted say, this. Oh, no, no, but, I'm sorry. Hold on. Whoever posted this, their hashtags are Bud Light, Miller Time, uh -huh. FYP, Brantley Gilbert, Miller Time. I drink Miller Light instead. <laughs> oh, good hands, feet. So, here, here, so here's the deal. If he... Say that it wasn't somebody planted. Say that it was somebody actually in the crowd that threw that to him. What do you do? What do you mean? I mean, you have two options, right? You just put the Bud Light down and act like it didn't happen, or you, or you, you crush it. Well, three options, or you, or you or you drink it. But what I'm saying ah. is, you know how the media works, and if you if he would have just shotgunned the Bud Light. Now he loves Bud Light and he is for you know the whole the whole trans situation. I'm going to book a show and I swear to Christ I'm going to make a mic stand out of Bud Light cans. <laughs> and all I'm going to do is crush Bud Lights on stage. I'm not even going to do a performance. It's just going to be me drinking Bud Light talking to the audience. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Kind of like a Q&A, like a Henry Rollins type TED Talk. You know okay. what I'm saying? There you go. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, that guy's a, a dummy, but the other good thing is not good thing. I'm sorry. The other funny thing is like, like, like I said, like Bud Light, you know, they were going to try to get ahead of this, which by the way, like they released a couple of statements and the statements are so disingenuous, much like this video. Have you seen this? This, I, this I, Budweiser commercial? I have. Do you, uh, do you have a statement like ready to go? Cause I haven't seen any. no. No, I'll find. We could find it. It would be easy to find. Okay. Um, but let's watch this. Oh. By the Let me way, tell you a you, story. Do you like hate the, everything about this video? I'm curious. I hate it. Can't stand it. Yeah, okay, it bothers me. Is it okay? Well, let's let's play the whole thing and then we'll talk about it. I live ten minutes from the brewery. Yeah. This should make me excited as like some sort of like, you know, civic pride. Like I'm, this is my town. Like we, we produce this. 
we're the ones that did this. But I'm like, yeah, but this is fake. This is phony. This is Bud Light. Like, this is not what Anheuser-Busch is anymore. We got to watch more, though. About a beer (laughs) rooted in the heart of America, found in a community where a handshake is a sure contract. That was beautiful, though. Black and white with the Clydesdale running by. Come yeah. on, dude. Yeah. That's poetic. They know what they're doing. Brood for those who found opportunity in challenge and hope in tomorrow. Raised by generations willing to sip, share, risk, remember. This is a story bigger than beer. This is the story of the American spirit. I guess. (laughs) I don't. uh, (laughs) Sure. I I don't. I just don't understand why they had to. Like, I don't understand why they had to. Why they felt they had to backtrack. I I honestly thought it would have been fucking gank. Why do you feel like they're backtracking? Well, they are. They're trying to cover their... Well, let me find a statement then. Because they're trying to cover their bases and be like, no, no, no. But some of the things that they're saying kind of goes along with the whole the trans thing as far as like the hope and the... Yeah, but they're, but they're, they're not being as transparent about it with an ad like that. And that's what I was saying. Like if you did an ad with somebody like, like an American sports hero, you could play it like... This is for everyone, but you don't have to say it. But I don't think you can do it that fast. I think you have to let all of this stuff die before you, because if you do it that fast, everybody's going to see through it and they're going to be like, oh, you understand that you made a mistake and you're taking a hit for it. Now you're trying to make it look like that didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I feel. So several Anheuser-Busch facilities received threats last week, bringing young customers into the fold as a business imperative for brands like Bud Light. Anti-trans backlash hit Bud Light following an April 1st Instagram post from Mulvaney promoting the beer, in which she showed a custom can that Bud Light sent to her as a gift to mark a milestone of her transition. Again, why does anyone care about that? Why? You're not going to go to the store and pick up one of these cans. Like, it was a gift to that specific person. Why does anyone care? And and actually, I'm going to be honest. When we talked about that last time, I did not. I was not aware of that. I was not yeah, aware dude. that this was just one can. I didn't find I that out like, until later. I felt like we said that at some point, but maybe we didn't. I, if we did, I skipped over it in my head because I I literally didn't know that until later. It's a big thing to cause a drop in stock price, a drop in sales. Said Andrew Gilman, founder and CEO of Comcore, a consulting group with expertise in crisis communicate crisis communication. We never intended to be part of a discussion. This is what this is what Anheuser Busch said. This is okay. the one I was looking for because okay. I remember this. Uh, it was from the CEO Brendan Whitworth. We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over a beer. He added that the company has a proud history supporting our communities, military, first responders, sports fans, and hardworking Americans everywhere. Now, the last part of that statement is so foolish and so misguided. As to what the real issue and the real problem that they're having is, it's like, why did you even say that? 
right? Okay, read it. Read that last part one more time. So the last part is, the company has a proud history supporting our communities, military, first responders, sports fan, sports fans, excuse me, and hardworking Americans everywhere. Yeah, if that's a statement Why? about if that's a statement about what's going on, that makes no sense. But that's a weak statement. You're not addressing the problem. Right. Here's what I think they should have done, and I thought it would it would have been gangster. They should have been like, "Hey guys." We gave a trans person a can with their face on it. Fuck off. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> and then show the Clydesdale. You're not going to shut down Bud Light because you're upset about something so stupid. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but I don't know. <laughs> What's your favorite beer? Um, I, I really didn't think you'd have to think that hard. I know. What's well, your favorite, like just basic beer as of right now? It's probably, no, it's probably, yeah. Yeah. Bush is probably my go-to. Yeah. Okay. Anheuser-Busch. Bush. Yeah. So would you stop drinking Bush if they put a trans person's face on a can? And let's just say it was for mass consumption. Next time you go buy a case, you're going to see this person's well, face on it. Well, no, but I don't think you can. Ask but me you can or say you, yes if that's the way you really feel. Well, I know that, but I don't think you, we can ask me or you that question. Why? Because we know what the answer is going to be. We don't care. I mean, it's literally the same scenario as it being on Bud Light. But here's something to think about. If it's a national campaign, what is the message behind it? Meaning, it's not just a can created for one person that they're going to see, they're going to have... What is the message behind a national campaign? Does that impact your decision to further be a consumer of that product? You get what I'm saying? I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. To me, no, it doesn't affect me because it's literally okay. just a can. So why do we pull Aunt Jemima off the shelves? I'm going to let you handle this one. <laughs> this, this silence is great. I love it. I'll let you handle this don't, one. <laughs> don't edit that out. I love it. I just wanted to bring that up one time. Because that was so like. What was the, what was the other one around that time? I know. Oh, Uncle Ben's. Or no. Uncle no, Ben's. We, no, yeah. wait. Did they take Uncle Ben's off? I don't think they did. Yeah, bro. They did? Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. Man, what was it? Like two years ago? Because we talked about it. I remember. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Trying to fucking cancel breakfast, bro. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Um. Whatever, man. I this is this is all, you know. There are things that I could say about the stock price and the stock, and it's all boring stuff. And I don't want to say it on this podcast because I don't want I don't want to turn it into. Uh, I don't want to turn it into a conversation where the reality of the situation is ignored because the conversation then turns into will a billion dollar multi-billion dollar product and company survive the backlash of kid rock and brantley gilbert and ron DeSantis? yes yes they will let me let me ask you it's, this it's so and it's so silly to think about i don't know if this is a good comparison or not but i'm curious what if 
it was a okay let, let's let's say it was nike okay let's say okay. they sent a it Oof. was a, it was the same scenario it was like the one year mark of the of their transition and yep. it was an athlete and they sent a pair let of, me get some shoes pay, yeah sent a pair of shoes with their face on the shoe and then that person went and made a video showing okay. that nike supports them do you think it would be you think a bunch like Kid Rock would have put on a pair of shoes uh, of Nikes and or shot up a pair of Nikes or something like. Do you think it would have been the same thing? Or not? I'll shoot him. If he does that. <laughs> shoot fucking good pair. Of you know. Uh, you know what I'm saying though. Do you think it's the same thing? It could potentially be. I don't know. I really don't know. Hmm. I mean, Nike has plenty of other reasons to boycott other than, <laughs> other than their wokeness, yeah. which is essentially what. You know, dummies like Ron DeSantis are saying, not, but like Anheuser-Busch is too woke now. I'm no longer a customer. It's like, fine. They'll survive without you, you dummy. Yeah. And the, the 400,000 people who you probably influenced to not drink Anheuser-Busch products, they'll survive. Yeah. Now, someone would go, well, 400,000 people, that's a lot of people. No, it's not. It's really no, not. It's not. Now, when it comes to the people that... There's 400,000 people in the city right. where the fucking brewery is. Right. Yeah. Like, come on. It'll yeah. be okay. Right. Uh, Speaking of Nike, have you, well, I guess it's in theater, so you probably haven't, but do you have any interest to see Air? No. The movie Air? Really? Corny. I think it looks corny. I've heard stuff. a lot of good things about it. Like what? I mean, just that it's a really good movie. I mean, it it has the people it has the people in it to be a good movie. I mean, sure. I I mean yeah. I mean the cast is good. I just think it looks corny. Yeah. Did you have you heard that they're putting out a is it a documentary or I think it's a movie about Dennis Rodman and the the Vegas trip? No. Yeah, I think I think it's a movie they're making about it. I think. Interesting. Yeah. Are you intrigued by that? Back, Would you watch that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a legitimately certified insane person. So and, and I mean, nobody see. really knows, right? Like what happened? Or do or do they and they just haven't really said it? Wait, do I know what you're talking about? What Vegas trip? What are you talking about? So the, um, like in the, the last dance, whenever he just left... When he he said oh, he, yeah. he asked to leave and he left for like a couple of days and nobody talked to him. I forgot about that. Yeah, so I think they're putting out a movie about that. Uh, uh sure. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to toe the line or actually tell the real story? I don't know. That's, that's good. That's a good question. Wait, a movie or a documentary? Uh, that's what I'm not 100 percent on. Should we just look this oh, up? Fuck that. Like yeah, Google's a thing, up. dude. Right? We got. If it's a movie, I am not watching it. Really? No. No interest. I wonder who would play Dennis Rodman. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I don't like that. It was the first person that came to mind. I'm an <laughs> idiot. Um, a guy named Michael Jordan is going to play Dennis Rodman? Yeah, yeah. That's why I said it. Uh, apparently, he already has a documentary out. came out in 2020. About that? And then he has another one from 2015 when he went to... Uh, North Korea. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Maybe I made this up. I'm pretty sure I heard heard that though. I think he made, I think he made it up. Uh, it's possible. 
Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman documentary. Yeah, it already exists. No, it's not. Documentary about Las Vegas. Jonathan Majors to start. Oh, I don't know about that anymore. That guy got canceled real quick, didn't he? Jonathan Majors to star as Dennis Rodman. Oh, I did. You know what? I remember seeing something about this. You know who Jonathan Majors is, right? Uh, I'm getting the dude in Creed Three, who just got arrested for domestic violence. Oh, okay. He was in uh, the Ant Man movie. Yeah. He was in like an army commercial that got pulled already. Okay, I gotcha. So apparently he's supposed to star in it. He doesn't look like Dennis Robin, though. Hmm. Do you know who this guy is that I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. Okay. Uh, I could I could see it. Let's see. Hold on. Oh, bro, it's it's always slow and steady, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to get, hopefully I, I get to sit with him and chat with him, you know, when we get closer and, you know, trying to get the script right, all these things, you know, all these industry things, but uh, you I never really, I never really put a ceiling on myself, but this is definitely a role where I'm definitely going to make sure I'm pushing that ceiling out, you know, because he demands that, you know, he he's such a full individual, you know, so he's, He's going to demand a lot, you know, and I'm going to have to figure out how to how to get that, you know, so. I'm if you make it there. Yeah, that guy's in a lot of trouble right now. So what yeah, you, you said it. domestic violence was like on a girlfriend or something or? Uh, let me look it up to get the, the actual story straight here. Yeah, 48 hours in Vegas. That's what, what it's going to be called. Let's see. Uh, it's been more than three weeks since Majors was arrested for an alleged domestic dispute, but the 33-year-old's career is now starting to take a hit. Uh, dropped by his manager and publicist on Monday, considering the actor's first court date is still weeks away. The relationship between uh, so Majors was arrested on March 25th for allegedly attacking a 30-year-old female. A lawyer, a lawyer for the Marvel star previously told Yahoo he completely denies assaulting the woman, said she expects her client to be clear of all assault and harassment charges. But it seems some in the industry don't want to wait. And apparently more stories of abuse have come out, too. So, as always. Yeah, of course. When there's one, there's ten to follow. Of course. Let's talk about something fun. So, tell me about Coachella. You watched, did I, I think I sent you the video. Did you watch Blanket that? I did. Um, what are your thoughts? Did it feel odd to you? I mean, I know it's like a reunion. Eh. It, it, it's a it's a reunion thing, but I don't know. It just kind of felt like, and maybe it's because I haven't watched a whole lot of like live Blink stuff. It just felt like each one of the guys was doing their own thing, if that makes oh, sense. for sure. And that was the tail end of the band before Tom, uh, uh, Tom left anyway. That's how it was before also? Is that what you're saying? What I remember seeing, yeah. Okay. But I'm sure they got paid. Oh, I'm sure. Dude, I'm sure they got paid well to do that. I thought it was good. I mean, it was cool to see. So let me, let me, let me. I did not think that, I I don't know if it was uh, the sound at Coachella or if it was just a live, again, I haven't heard much live stuff because I haven't watched many videos or seen them live, but Tom did not sound great to me live. 
Never does. He doesn't? Okay. Didn't know if that was a no. thing or not. No. He never usually does. No. Okay. You kind of just take take what you get, take what you can get from that from him. There have been times where I've I've heard him sound pretty good. And then sometimes it's just like, yeah, yeah. Dude doesn't have it tonight. But I thought the video that I saw of them at that show, he was okay in some songs. Some songs were bad. Uh but I also got the sense where I don't know that he was having the best time. I think he I think he was earning a paycheck. Which in music is a bummer. That is a bummer. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I, I will say that, you know, Travis is always a great drummer. He's always like his playing's always good and he sounds good. And I think Mark is just a fun guy. And I think he genuinely enjoys that band and playing music live. But yeah, I think the whole situation just felt it felt weird. So was this just was just like a one time thing or are they going to be going to be touring? I think well no, they're doing that uh they already were announced that tour. Remember the because the people were complaining about the ticket prices and stuff. Like tickets were like oh, twenty five hundred right. bucks. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But before I say this, let me just point out that I, I, I'm not a big fan of Coachella. I know it's huge. I know it's it's a it's a great destination festival for young people to go to. But to me it's more of a culture fest and not a music fest, in my opinion. I mean, it's definitely... Which is okay. It's definitely uh, varied as far as like all the people that are on the bill and stuff. Like I was looking at the bill earlier and I, out of like all the bands and artists, I think I knew like eight. Well, you're not young, hip and cool. and It's very true. You don't have your finger on the pulse. That's true. So. I'm as far away from that as possible, I think. But You'd be on TikTok more. But like... I should. You... But the reason I say this is because I I have not been to Coachella, but I know people that have gone. And the people that I know that have gone were more there to say that they were at Coachella than to actually be at Coachella. Right. Does that make sense, what I just said? Yeah. Okay. And I feel like the majority of that audience is it's more about, let me go ahead and IG story the fact that I was at Coachella then let me go ahead and IG story the fact that I saw Blink-182 at Coachella. Right. What I do like, though, is that Coachella had a band like Blink-182, and you genuinely saw the love they were getting from the crowd. Yeah. Meaning you had a a shit ton of people going, fuck, listen to all these songs we remember, or listen to all these songs we heard. Like, I also want to... I want to thank Coachella for having the band knocked loose on the festival. The fact that they had a band like that on the festival was so cool. I never thought I would see that, but, and they were getting a great reaction. So I had to wonder almost like, whoa, is Coachella changing a little bit or is it just the idea that like there was this band they put on who perhaps like has sort of like their own like cult ish, type following and all the other kids are just getting into it because just because, or is this a thing now? But I think what made it a thing though, is that Billy Eilish was on stage kind of like rocking out to it, which don't get me started, but anyway, 
that's almost as bad as having Miley Cyrus on stage rocking out to you. You know who Knocked Loose is, right? I know the name of the band. Okay. Would well, I know? Would they're, I, they're, would I know a song from them? Uh. Yeah, I think so. If well, I don't know. They, they, I mean, they're not by any means. They haven't. They're not. I'm gonna use this word, and I hate that I'm gonna use it. They're not mainstream. Yeah. By any means, but like. They had a song called Manipulator that I think was like pretty big on on like social media. Oh, yeah, I think so. But I don't know. I mean, they're 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 a hardcore slash metalcore band. Okay. It was just cool to see a band like that on Coachella because it doesn't happen. Right. So to see them get a reaction to, you can find the video. Well, fuck that. Let's find a video. What are we doing? We're here bullshitting. Knocked loose Coachella. Look at that. First thing that comes up. Cool. Knocked uh, loose Coachella. Let's check this out. I didn't share my screen. <laughs> here we go. This is a fan video. Something tells me I'm going to hate it. Hold on. Yeah, it's going to sound amazing gonna sound great put your fucking phone away the <laughs> band will hire somebody um damn is that really the, i can't find the video well we'll just watch that one what's this upcoming 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 oh, so i guess they're playing back a bunch of shit we'll just watch this fuck it <laughs> So, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> Stupid fan videos. But anyway, the fact that a band was a band like that was at Coachella just makes me so happy. So happy. Where is Coachella just, at? I, or, that's a, that's a, the same spot every year, right? Yeah, it's in California, California in the okay. fucking desert. Okay. You know. I don't know. Which is also kind of funny to see because it is like totally remote, and you have all of these like Instagram. Models and girls like in their like nice little dresses, and they're like, Look at me. And it's like, you're gonna be so dirty by the end of the day. It's hilarious, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, well, yeah, Blink 182. I guess it, well, you know, what's kind of funny is we we brought up before like nostalgia stuff when it comes to music festivals and stuff. It's like is Blink-182 still relevant with young people or is it more of a nostalgia thing? I think it's got to be nostalgia. Because I remember when I saw them, the last time that I saw them in St. Louis, which was fairly recently, I feel like it was 2018-ish. They had A Day to Remember play with them. Dude, there was a lot of young kids. Hmm. And I was like, God damn. Like, I, I, like, I don't know. You would think that... I mean your generation would be the biggest Blink fans, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I could see the, the Blink-182 sound being able to tr transcend the ages, if that makes sense. Like I could, I could Whoa. see it. I could see it lasting. Did you just say transcend 
the ages. Yeah, did that make sense? I'm not sure if that made sense. Please, please elaborate. That was poetic and beautiful, and I'm, <laughs> I might cry. Please yeah. tell me more about that. No, I just mean I think that that I could see their sound like continuing on to to where even the younger generation is still listening to it. Well, that's why I was asking. Yeah. I, I mean and you I so beautifully said they transcended the transcended the ages. Yeah. Man. I'm so happy with you right now. <laughs> like a proud father with that <laughs> statement. Yeah, you, I think you're right, to be honest. I think I think that's what it is. It's a cer- it's a certain Honestly. sound. Like even even all the other bands around that time like didn't have I mean they ha- I don't think they had as distinct of a sound and a style yeah. as what Blink does. Yeah, I mean, well, dude, I think at the end of the day, I feel like some of those old Blink songs will kind of stand the test of time and be relevant with young kids still because of the the subject matter of the songs and what? and the just the the overall catchiness of the songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that you're right. I think you're right. They have transcended the ages. <laughs> uh, a statement that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Before we get out of here, you brought up something to me a while back. Did you watch the punk rock NBA episode with Doc Coyle? I didn't watch it. I listened to it, but well, I'm same sorry. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you listen to it? I did. <clears throat> what are some of your takeaways? Because I'm still, I haven't, I have not listened to it yet. I did watch a clip on YouTube about something that he and Finn McKenzie talked about that I kind of want to bring up, but what are, what are your takeaways from that? It was not the typical interview that I was expecting, but I, he's been on the show several times, I think. Um, but they, I mean, they got really into like racism in the industry and, and yeah. things along those lines. It wasn't just like interviewing him about like what the band's doing and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. I think it would be better. We'd be better off if you do listen to it, and then we kind of talk about it. Because I probably need to. It, it was a long episode too, so I don't want to talk out of turn on, or anything. So, why would you be talking out of turn? Because I want to remember exactly what what they what each of them were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I still want to listen to it, but I, I think like what I found what I found interesting. So what was in the clip? Well, did you know who Doc Coyle was before listening to that? Uh, no, I mean I know the ba- I know he's in Bad Wolves, but I didn't know the. I didn't God know forbid. his name before. Yeah. Yeah, he. For them to talk about racism and metal, like you know, God forbid, I want to say, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been so long since I even thought about that band, which is sad to say. But I, I've seen him live like two or three times. Most of the people are people in that band are people of color, so I think it's natural for him to kind of bring this up in conversation, uh, which I think is a good conversation to have because um, you can imagine they kind of deal with different shit than your run of the mill metal band. But which I, I thought it, there something that was funny was uh, he did bring up Tommy Vex, and Doc was very quick at saying, "I just want to say." That he was basically saying he was not that 
motive that politically motivated until the very end. Yeah. He basically said like we had conversations all the time and he was never that way until the very end. I wonder what turned could be the girlfriend he had. Yeah. I'm assuming. But yeah, but the clip that I, the clip that I watched was they were talking about the band sleep token and just the idea is like, are they saving metalcore? So I actually <sighs> downloaded that album. Yes, I said downloaded. I downloaded that album from Sleep Token. The latest Sleep Token? Yeah. You like it? Yeah. Uh, it's different. It's good. No, yeah. they're, they're really good. I don't... This this conversation of like bands needing to be the saviors of anything in music, especially rock or metal, it's like, what are they saving it from? And what's the end result of them saving it? You know? Yeah. I just... Uh, this whole idea that like any type of music is dead and it takes a band to sort of revitalize it. I, I don't, I don't know that I agree with because there are thousands and thousands of bands doing the sound and doing what they do that. I think like if people just tried harder than getting the everyday Spotify playlist of all the same stuff, they would know about some of these bands and they would realize that, yeah, there are shit. To, there's just so much out there. And maybe I'm thinking about this in a very simplistic way, but it, it's always like, does metalcore need a savior? Does rock and roll need a savior? You know, like we've talked about before with like an artist like Machine Gun Kelly, who were like, he, he sold a ton of records and it was a, a rock record. Like, is this good? to have a rock record do so well in the mainstream, I'm like, well, isn't it good for a rock record to do well, period? Right? It is, but don't you why think... Why does it have to have a specific purpose? Like, why can't it just be what it is, and why can't it just do well? And if it doesn't do well, spread the fucking word. But don't you think you're only going to hear somebody in the industry saying things like, this band is a savior for this genre, or something like that? Like... You're not going to hear your everyday, you know, somebody who's a big fan of Sleep Token, you're not going to hear them say, oh, th they're going to save this genre of music. Yeah, but how many of their fans don't mind hearing that? Or how many potential new fans can be gained by hearing something like that? You downloaded the record after hearing that conversation. I did. So they got you. It... it for me, I mean, it's it not like you for, bought it. For me, it was more but. of a curiosity thing. Like if I hear, you know, somebody that I re, that I respect saying that this is, you know, a, a band that is good, or you know, tells me about a song to listen to or something like that, I'll normally give it a shot. But you know, they 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 were saying things like you know they're saving the genre and stuff like that. Um, but he was also going into detail about why and like what they do differently than all, you know, than a lot of other bands. It's stuff that's way over my head. You would understand it a lot better than me, but, uh, you know, just what they do musically. I need to listen to the episode you and do. then I'll comment on that because yeah. I don't, I don't feel the feeling that I get when I hear a statement like that. I don't feel that musically they are saving anything. Now, I'm not saying that as a knock to Sleep Token. I like Sleep Token. Yeah. I think Sleep Token rules. Yeah. 
but I don't think they're saving anything from anything with their music. Is it good? Absolutely. Do they have some songs that are uh, uh, down a different? Do, do do some of their songs go down a different path than your average metal or metalcore song? Absolutely. There's a lot of funk. There's a lot of like soulful, like uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Funk, soulful. Uh, I like soul. I like the word soul. There's a lot of soul in a lot of their in. in a ton of their songs that you just, it gives you a certain, it, it, to me, it's the feeling that I get from listening to later Deftones records. Very like dancey, very like in the, in the mood sort of like of, uh, you know, this isn't like a heavy song, but it makes me feel something, that type of thing. Didn't, but Which didn't, I think Sleep Token does well. And Sleep Token has been compared to Deftones in the past. I don't think they sound anything like Deftones. I think there's, Musically speaking, I feel like you could kind of make the comparison, but didn't and by you, musically I meaning like the rhythm section and guitar tones. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Didn't you at one time make a statement that was along the lines of that um, Dayseeker was saving pop? Did I make that something? I mean, I probably, you you I may did. you may not have said that exactly, but I it was something it was something like that, and I I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just was curious if you remembered saying I may that. I said that so... they're saving pop rock, yeah. Pop, okay. You're welcome. You're welcome. Just trying to get clicks, bro. That's a good place to end. You're welcome for that. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I did that. That record is just so good, though. Let's it get is. out of here. All right, we're out. Man. <laughs>